We are live here on Monday. Hope everybody had a great weekend, a busy one indeed. We'll get into so much, including Eric Stahl, now a Montreal Canadian. He had him on the no-fly list as uh, one of the teams that uh, he would not be traded to. He waived that, and apparently he's ecstatic on becoming a Montreal Canadian. So we'll talk about that, the games that we watched and witnessed on the weekend and what we can anticipate coming up this week. But before we bring in our real kipper at noon uh, hockey expert in the National Hockey League, maybe we should go to a little NCAA expertise with Joe Holka. Joe, we got the final four. I thought maybe I'd give you a bit of a mention here, Joe, in terms of three teams out of Minnesota going to the final four, including, I think, Minnesota State for the first time in history. Yeah, what pretty cool to see uh, three Minnesota teams in the Frozen Four. It's kind of funny. The only other time St. Cloud has been there is when we were there, but it's also in Pittsburgh this year, same as it was the year that uh, that we were there. We uh, we gave up like four goals in the first period, uh, so hopefully they can do uh, a little better than we, than we did. But uh, yeah, their leading goal scorer actually broke his femur in the first period, so the guys kind of rallied around and uh, ended up beating Boston College uh, pretty convincingly, so it was pretty cool. Minnesota Duluth needed five overtimes. Now, I know for sure Doug McLean wouldn't have stayed up for that, but I got to think you would. Yeah, I mean, five overtimes most uh, ever in, uh, I think, any college hockey game. So pretty wild. It's pretty crazy, actually, to see what Minnesota Duluth has been able to do. I think it's their fourth straight Frozen Four. They've won two of the last three, so... Uh, super impressive. North Dakota was uh, the kind of heavy favorite to win it all. So seeing them go down uh, always makes me happy for sure. Doug McClain, let's go to you in Florida and and ask you, uh, it, it, on your best day, you wouldn't have been able to stay up and watch that. Not even in your heyday. On my best day, I wouldn't watch one overtime of Minnesota, <laughs> Duluth, and North Dakota. But I was glad to see uh, North Dakota lose. I've been cheering hard against them for the last few months. Um, so um, good for Minnesota, Lou. But it, I, it's funny. I'm trying to think of the kid I drafted in the second round from Mankato State. Mankato had a pretty good career in the NHL. As it ended up, uh, ended up playing in uh, Calgary. Big strong winger. What was his name? Second round pick. Anyway. Mankato oh, it'll come State. to you by the uh, by Friday. Yeah, it'll, I think. it'll come to me by Friday. Anyway, be- it was uh, it's exciting. The Final Four is always a great tournament. UMass Amherst sort of catches me off guard that they're in the Final Four. That's not typical, uh, but anyway, it it happens. And uh, good good on the three Minnesota teams. They've always been a hockey hotbed. They love their high school hockey there. Tim Jackman, uh, Doug. That was who you're talking about. Tim, Tim Jackman, right? Tim Jackman. Yes, I drafted him in the second round. He actually had a pretty big good boy. Big, big boy. tough kid, skilled guy. Well, I remember going to watch him in Mankato, and he he was this big. After we had drafted him, and he was a big, strong, skilled guy. And then he became a tough kid, and anyway, had a decent career. So, um, anyway, Mankato State. Well, everything will kick off April eighth, uh, and we'll uh, we'll wait for that uh, in anticipation of the final four set to go April eighth. All right, let's get into it, Mac. Uh, we're, we're, we're heading for a great week, by the way. Quick reminder for everybody out there watching, 
Darren Millard will be on the program on Wednesday. So that will be our reunion show. You know, I'm, I've been watching all the likes. You guys have been hitting the button. We appreciate it so much. But the subscriptions actually have gone up tremendously in the last little while. So if you are watching for the first time, hit the subscribe button. And that way you can get all the latest uh, on, on what, what's happening. But uh, Wednesday will be a fun show. And okay, know- Have you told Millard yet he's not the host? He's just a guest? You know how he uh, likes to take over? Yes, I do. I do. And I... I Kind of reminded him that probably the last ten years that you're yeah. you're not really like you know, um, yeah. the boss. How's that? We used to tell we used to tell Jeff Merrick that as well, but he didn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun having Darren back on, and uh, we'll get into all the uh, the great memories, including getting you to be Gene Simmons on a on a costume day and they Halloween. weren't all great. They weren't all great memories. Well, we'll get, we'll get into it when you threw like a water bottle at him at the Memorial cup. Okay? Oh. And he told you to take a walk. I thought you we guys gotta, were going to go toe to toe. We gotta, we gotta tell the story too. But when Eugene Melnick come up and was a guest for us at the Memorial cup on Mississauga, we're playing it in the auto Minnesota owner, uh, Eugene Levy or uh, Eugene Melnick come up and say, <laughs> I called him. You're not allowed to call him Eugene Levy, just me. I'll let Darren tell the the Eugene Melnick story. Not yeah, me. I think so. I think it's a good one. It was a great one, though, wasn't it? Well, it was a good one. You know what else was a good one? Uh, hearing uh, Aaron Portsline, who follows the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, now, good God. What did he say now? The, the story goes that uh, he said that... Uh, just a minute. You better explain who Aaron Portsline is because nobody in hockey knows who yeah, the hell he's, he is. Yeah, he's a, he's a writer for the Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> and Cheerleader I, for the Columbus Blue Jackets. I, would you stop it for a second? <laughs> so uh, he may have come up with the line of the year, by the way. And if, you know, if, What's that? if, if What's in fact that? he said it. He said, he said, and I quote, Doug McLean, the general manager, would hate Doug McLean, the broadcaster. <laughs> oh my god he did say something accurate this i time. absolutely loved that look i just knocked over a little buddha i loved hearing that because it, it is so true by the way he oh, nailed really? it you would be you would be beside yourself trying to get doug mcclain the broadcaster fired after the stuff that you've said over the last few years especially on this show <laughs> So, so everybody in my gets, good books. Everybody, hey, everybody gets uh, finds uh, every squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. He well, listen, be- before we get into Columbus and the disaster on the weekend, including losses to Detroit and Patrick Line. Just Rock. a minute. Was Lidstrom and Dadzuk on the ice on the weekend? They looked like Dadzuk <laughs> and Lidstrom were, were playing for Detroit the way they dominated. Dominated. Anyway. Dominated. And we're going to get into Tortorella and all of it. Do we have to? Yeah, we do. We do. But we really want to focus right now on the Montreal Canadiens and acquiring Eric Stahl. And we all wondered what this trade deadline is going to be, but it it really has started to shape up Mac as, as one that should kind of have a typical feel despite the pandemic. The good news was that Canada took seven days off. Good news for the players. Good news for the league. Good news for hockey fans. Probably not so good. 
great news for me as I go back to Canada. I have to do 14 days. That's bullshit, by the way, that they can get away with that. Well, I'm, Total I'm, bullshit. I, I was and, about they, to... and they camouflage it by saying, oh, they're going into the Canadian bubble. That's not a bubble. I'm sorry. The NHL may be trying to BS the government that that's a bubble they're in up in Canada, the north, but it's not a bubble. I do 14 days of quarantine. A call every day or the Mounties come to my cottage and they get seven days. It's bullshit. See, now we got the Canadian government also <laughs> hating Doug McLean, the broadcaster. Add them to the list. There's, yes. of, yeah, I was about to say that, but I, I liked your rant better than mine, that mm. uh, there's everyone else that would, would hate the fact that there is preferential treatment there, but... It is what it is. So Eric Stahl goes to the Montreal Canadiens, Mac. We know of, of some teams that uh, are, are in the market for, for a depth guy. But as far as the center ice position for a team that is in a position to not only make the playoffs but have some high expectations, Montreal was the weakest in the middle. Yeah, they, they were the weakest. And, you know, we talked about it going into the season as a concern of uh, of the Montreal Canadiens. Not that you don't like their center ice. I mean, everybody likes Dano as a as a real good two-way sentiment. Can't, can't score this year, but he certainly is a dependable two-way player. <clears throat> you love Suzuki. I mean, they wouldn't trade him, uh, it, you know, in, in when there was major talks going on, maybe in the Dubois deal. Uh, the Emmy, you like, you like what he did. And Ward is a, is a kid. I mean, is, is a, or Evans, I should say, is a youngster. Jack Evans. Um, so they're, they're weak down the, down the middle. And, you know, a veteran centerman, albeit Eric has had a horrendous year. I mean, is it the Buffalo situation? Is it Eric Stahl? He's, he's, he's career-wise below 50% on face-offs. He's got six or eight points this year. Uh, he's had a ton of power play opportunities in Buffalo. And yet, um, people think it's a good pickup. Well, because they need some veteran presence down there, and maybe he'll get excited. We remember he went to the Rangers for the playoffs a few years ago. It was a complete bust. Um, how will it work this time? He went to Minnesota, was extremely good there. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I, I think it's a good gamble. I think it's a good gamble um, by Montreal Canadiens. Well, even as his last three or four years in Carolina, before he got to New York, there was, there was a fall off in his game. And then, as you mentioned, a complete disaster in New York. And then he comes back in the next three years and clo scores close to 30 goals a season. And played well. Uh, or you no, know, close to 100 goals over three seasons in Minnesota and played well. So yeah. now he's 36, Mac. And yeah, he, he has not been very good this year, but is he at, at the age now where the game and, and the wheels just fall off? Because that's kind of what I'm seeing here. Well, that's what we're seeing based on how he performed. Look, let, he didn't want to go to Buffalo to begin with. That that was a, that that rocked him when he went to Buffalo because he, you know, apparently building a new home in Minnesota, the family comfortable, everybody happy there, expecting to finish his career. Then he ends up in Buffalo, and it, you know what? It, it it hasn't obviously. We we all know how that's turned out, but to me, good gamble, good gamble. I mean. I, I, Dollars are being 50% eaten by Buffalo. Um, 
you know, can he come in and fill in? Can he get rejuvenated? He's always been able to put points on the board against the Leafs. Um, can he get himself going for a round or two of the playoffs? I, 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 I like the move personally. I, I do. I, I agree with you that the risk is minimal for the Montreal Canadiens, especially when you see the success of guys like Jason Spezza. And I don't know if he can get to that level for the Montreal Canadiens. But even if the young players kind of take a liking to him and gravitate to him, much like they have uh, in, in Toronto for some of their players, including Thornton, then I, I think it is a good risk. You know, a third and fifth round pick um, this year's draft. Um, you know, Buffalo moved quick on it. Uh, you quite you mentioned this Why, one. You thought maybe the, maybe Why? they moved a little too quick. Well, obviously, I would say the only reason you typically move too quick on a deal around the deadline is that you've got no interest in the guy. If you have no interest, and I don't know that, I don't know how much interest there was in in Eric Stahl, but you know, why else would you move 12 days early or 14 days early? Um, well, if you, if you were nervous that there wasn't the interest there, that's the only reason why you would do it. Otherwise you would wait it out, but you didn't want to be stuck with them. And for Buffalo to pick up a couple picks, I guess is good. I mean, how many pick, I mean, that's, that's all I've done for 10 years is pick up picks, you know? Well, I think that's the inexperience of, of not being comfortable understanding a marketplace for Kevin Adams. And that's not a knock against him. It's just the reality, Mac, that you are, I think, 17 days outside of the trade deadline at the time. And you take the first offer. I know uh, Mark Bergevin went on publicly and said that there were two other teams in the race to get him. But I'm, I'm calling bullshit on that, just based on on the deal that ended up being and I'll tell you something, too, about those picks. We know Montreal, Mac, are, are loaded with uh, a lot of draft picks. They've right. been able to do that the last few years. But the third and the fifth that, that Bergevin gave Kevin Adams weren't the best of the bunch. Mm -hmm. He's got uh, – they'll take Montreal's picks – but Bergevin keeps a third rounder that belonged to Chicago, and he kept a fifth round that belonged to Ottawa. Those are much better picks for teams that are about to miss the playoffs than the one that they're gonna they're gonna keep with their own. Right. I, at the very least, take the best of the of the third and the fifth. Kevin Adams didn't even do that, unless unless Bergevin wouldn't give them up. You know well. But you know, oh, that, again, that's a negotiation. That's a negotiation. And I mean, I wouldn't believe, I can't believe that, that Montreal would not have done the deal if they wouldn't have forced their hand on that, you know? Well, and you also got owners that have, have bled money incredibly the last few years. They're watching millions, you know, fall by the wayside with little value coming back. And that includes Taylor Hall, uh, Skinner, You've got now your franchise player not even on the ice here, and yet you got to pick up fifty percent of Eric Stahl's contract. You can't at least hang in there and try to unload the whole thing. Just you know, at the end of the day, I know it's only seven hundred fifty thousand, but maybe it's a little bit of the principal too. Well, that would yeah. I mean, it, wouldn't that piss you off? 
Well, what would what will bother me is how much they have to hold of halls. <laughs> that would bother me more. Well, maybe he's <laughs> keeping his powder dry on that one. I hope so. Is this also Mac uh, a message when it comes to Mark Bergevin and and if you're going to take a, a a flyer on Eric Stahl playing some of the worst hockey he's played in his career at at this particular time, does that tell you? that this is just the beginning for Mark Bergevin. He needs to make another one, two more moves here to solidify that they could take a, a run of coming out of the North Division. They, you don't go I, you don't I, go get I, Eric Stahl to just sit on Eric Stahl. No, no and I, I think I, I've got to believe that that they're also going to... Like, the, the name that, I, that keeps jumping out to me that a ton of teams could use, and we've discussed them, is Savard and Columbus. The collapse in Detroit by the Blue Jackets this week, does that does that affect the, the moving of Savard? Um, to me, there's got to be a number of teams that are looking for Savard. I mean, right off the top, the Montreal Canadiens have got to be on that list. The Winnipeg Jets have got to be on that list. The Florida Panthers now have got to be on that list with the Ekblad injury. Because they wanted to, and the Toronto Maple Leafs, in my mind, everybody's talking about them adding a forward and, you know, talking about Bennett and talking about Felino and talking about all these guys. What about, what about their blue line? Is that blue line really good enough? I know they've played well. Dermot, Hall, Bogosian. Telling you, I still believe that they're going to be in the market. And I think Savard, one of those four teams, Mont- Montreal, Florida, Winnipeg, or Toronto are going to take a run at Savard. I really believe that. And he will be a valuable guy. What's he at? 3.2 million? Or Savard's at 4.25 million. So it's a reasonable pickup as you get closer to the deadline because every day the dollar amount drops. It wasn't too long ago, and as we shift gears towards Columbus, it wasn't too long ago, Mac. We were, we were all wondering about Columbus and how good of a team they were. And you had pending UFAs and top stars like Bobrovsky, like Panarin. And the message just a few short years ago was, we're all in. In fact, not only are we not going to move those guys, we're going to add a Duchesne, a Dezingle. And here we are today, and it's a disaster. It is not pretty right now for the Columbus Blue Jackets. We've spent the last few days, few weeks, wondering Buffalo is the worst team. And then, it, no, 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 it's Philadelphia that's the worst team out there. And today we go, is it not Columbus? Well, I mean, I'm watching the game yesterday, and I'm sorry, halfway through the game, they had six shots on goal. In Detroit against the Detroit Red Wings, the worst you know, who who are not the worst team in the league, but certainly the second worst team based. And they looked like they were freaking superstars. I mean, it, I mean, the way they skated. The, I mean, Larkin could have had five goals on the weekend. So, and and somebody mentioned to me from Columbus, oh, we're, we, we're going to win these two. They got a junior B goalie playing goal for them, Pickard, who we know is not a junior B goalie who's a guy that's actually been a backup in a number of cities and has been a career minor league backup type guy. Kid from New Brunswick, by the way. 
who actually played real well. He didn't have to, I mean, all he had to do was stand in the net because they hit him most of the time. But I'm telling you what, I looked the last two games and I, I mean, line A at 14 minutes a game. Like, I, I know he's minus two. We talked on this show when they acquired him that, hey, he's not a 200-foot guy. Don't, don't think that. Don't think he's a 200-foot guy. But, Nick, what's he got in the last yeah. 15, 16 games? One, one goal, goal? One goal, one four goal, points. And 14 minutes of ice time a game? I mean, what the hell is going on? You team can't score. And this guy's playing 14 minutes, and I know Torts wants him to be more complete. I get all that. But the guy is one of the few guys. I mean, Felino, they perceive as a superstar. If I'm not mistaken, he just got his first goal in 22 games or something. Something crazy, or his second right. goal in 22 let me, let me just, let me, I mean, come on. Let me just pull it back a little bit. Uh and and I, I'll have peel a the onion on. a little bit. Yeah, just I, I just want to take it back. I know you kind of just you went off on a on a little bit, a little tantrum, yeah, a little tantrum. Uh, and happy to talk about Patrick Liney, but the point that I was trying to get Mac uh, when I talked about uh, Kekalainen a few years back, saying we're all in. They wanted to send a message to the fan base that they were going to go for it, and. Unfortunately, it, it ended quite miserably. And I think today there was a price to pay for that. And now we hear, you know, player like David Savard. There is huge interest in David Savard. Might be the most interest out of anybody out there because when it comes to winning playoff type of hockey, that guy could arguably be more valuable than any type of goal scorer because of the shutdown ability of top players. So how can you be all in a few years ago and now, despite being in still a race, Mac, they're still in a playoff race. We know what Nashville's doing. We know they're what Chicago's doing. Dallas will not, Dallas cannot take advantage of their man games in hand. So you are right there. Three points. Can Yarmo, as a general manager, afford to keep David Savard, who we know will not resign in Columbus? How can he keep him? He has to trade him. You got burned a few years ago. You can't get burned again. Well, you know, yeah, they, they've got to trade him. They've got to trade him. It's too big a gamble because they gave up picks when they acquired Duchesne and all these people because they had all these great young prospects that were coming that have not actually played anywhere close to what Columbus thought they were going to be as far as young players. I mean, I'm thinking down the middle, for instance, with Texier. First round pick, people like Texier. People thought there could be, you know, they didn't have a center. They didn't have quality. They didn't have veteran centerman to play with line A, but I think they felt that a Texier line A could help both. It could He could get the puck to line A, and line A could give Texier the confidence because he'd score with him on the ice. So all of a sudden, they are thin. They are thin. They got a lot of young right. guys 
And a lot of young European guys, they got their top three prospects are, are Russians. A kid in Russia is lighting it up, apparently. I've heard that before. I've lived that before. Um, so, you know, who knows? What well, it is. But, I mean, you cannot, you, you've, you know, you've got a, you've got Felino and you've got Savard. And they are two guys that lots of teams could use at playoff time. Felino for a third line, hard-nosed kid character and Savard the same thing a second pairing shutdown guy if I'm gonna play again I, I, I kept thinking about this watching uh, Saturday night if I if I am gonna if I'm gonna go against the Toronto Maple Leafs and I'm thinking I've got to shut down Austin Matthews and I watched him the other night I'm thinking the, he's every bit as tough to shut down in a five-on-five five or power play situation as Ovi was in his prime. I'm telling you, this guy tees them up with a three a different shot selection, and you need a high-end shutdown guy to have any chance of shutting this guy down at playoff time. He's that big, he's that strong, yeah. he's that skilled. So yeah. to me, that's why Savard's value is through the roof. Yeah, and I, uh, I, I see, uh, I see Matthews a little bit like Malkin, right? Big horse, well, two hundred feet. He, yeah, it's, it's, I it's a hard guy to shut down. I agree. Like I'm telling you, with his shot selection and the way the pull and drag and the way yeah. he gets to the net. I yeah. mean, Nick, this is this, if I'm Winnipeg and I'm Montreal and I think I'm going to have to go head to head and Edmonton, they're you know they're a little tougher situation, although they're playing great hockey, but they need a shutdown guy. If you're going to have a chance to contend and beat the Leafs, a shutdown guy is critical. And also uh, a big, strong wingers that can work, you know, that can work around the tops of the circles in the defensive zone. I, I see one of the few uh, sign and trades we don't see it very often, Mac, but I think if I was to assess this whole marketplace, the best chance for a, a sign and trade would be David Savard. I think to make the commitment to David Savard would be a commitment that I, I want to turn this into three, four, five-year commitment, and I certainly don't want to trade for him to lose him in an expansion draft. So No, exactly. That That's the type of that's the type of trade and, and that I would be looking at as a general manager that I would have to get this guy on a long-term deal to be my shutdown guy for the, for the next uh, near future. But, but you're saying to do it after, after the expansion draft? Uh, it doesn't matter. I just need because a commitment. He, he, he's just... not eligible. If he's not signed, he's not eligible for the expansion draft. If you have a deal done, an agreement done, for July after when well, free agency opens I'm up, that's what you up. want to do. You don't want to sign him and have him and have to protect him. I don't. I I don't want to. I don't want to trade for him, and then lose him for nothing. That's my whole point. No, I know. Right. By the way, another he, he will. Thing, I just was. Would he not be a first round pick, or or blue chip type of prospect? Well, with the with, with the pressure on a Winnipeg, the pressure on a Montreal. The pressure on a Toronto to get out of the first round of the play, to get out of the North Division. To me, he's a guy, and he, I don't think Savard has had a great year, but he's 
you Mac, know what he's going to bring to the He's table. been shown the front door all season long. Okay. By the way, you play. One other, you play with your heart. Right. So, one not, other guy just a, jumped in my mind. Another first round pick. Of in, I mean, I think about the first round picks. Wenberg's in Florida. Reichel was a first round pick. Dano. They had three first round picks in one year, and all three of them aren't there. The other guy is Liam Foodie. Remember him, London yep. Knight? He's in the minors. Looked like he was going to be a, a a solid guy last year in the playoffs, and will be. He's in the minors. Yeah, and will he's be. in the minors right now. So hopefully that first round pick will make it from. But look, I, I think if this guy Savard doesn't get picked up by one of these Canadian teams, then they're making a big mistake. One of those three teams, or four in Edmonton. One of those four Canadian teams, if they think they have a chance, they that that's a to me it's it's one it's one signing that could certainly help all those teams. We cannot finish and it's good for Columbus because they're going to get a price for him. We can't finish a Columbus conversation without mentioning Tortorella. After that debacle against Detroit you think this is the time he's going to come out and start hammering guys left right and center and everybody expected to start with Patrick Liney at his 14 minutes but for whatever reason he chose the opposite and didn't specifically uh go that route so when he when you expect it he doesn't when you don't expect it he does but Mac 14 minutes Okay, for a guy that you traded that's supposed to be your your superstar, 14 minutes. How does how does that happen? How does he not still feel enough pressure to say, I can't I can't embarrass this guy. I can't embarrass our organization. We gave up our center uh, number one centerman for him. I gotta if the ship's going Listen, down, let's go down playing this guy 21, 22 minutes. Listen, I, I love Dave King. Okay, I love Dave King. But I, I'll never forget watching with Rusty Klesla, who was a first-round pick and looked like he was going to be a real good player coming out of Bram. I mean, this is a kid defenseman that could create offense. A horse. He was a horse. And, and, I mean, he ended up playing 12 years, but sort of, you know, disappointing i guess because we all thought he was going to be a real top guy and so did everybody else a high third overall pick i remember watching him one night and he played i think four minutes of ice time and i went down and i said to dave king after the game i said dave i just i don't think this was our first first year in the league or second year in the league whatever it was and i said dave i, I just don't think we're going to win the cup this year I, I don't think we're good enough to win the cup this year we're expansion team could we not get rusty on the ice a little more than four minutes in the next game, he played him three minutes. <laughs> I'm okay. Holy good God. You're my boss, and you've quietly given me the nod and I love Dave to King, by the way. <laughs> play a guy. And then, now, was that a fuck you, or was that I just, I forgot, or I just can't play him any more than that? It no, it was just, I mean, Dave was a stubborn guy and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I happen to like Dave King a lot and he was, he was a good man and he did, a, he did, you know, he had an amazing career. I think he just believed that. I think it, he just believed that that's what he deserved. And he, you know, lots of times you're caught here because you're trying to build chemistry and you're, if kids get the, you know, the free ride, it, it doesn't go good. But 
we're not talking about a rookie here with line a we're talking about a 30 goal score or more in his career and we're talking about a guy that's that should be ready to just totally take off in his career we're talking about a team that can't score that nobody on that team can score with the exception of well who you know every every time you write off tortorella and columbus kind of finds a way to get the oh, no, guys he, to go a little bit here. He does. And yeah, he does. I don't but know. These Matt. two games against Detroit, I'm sorry. I've never seen I, I agree with you. When Torts is down and out and if you're he he gets them going. They find another gear and they they get it going. But these two performances after battling Carolina last week, you know, winning two shootouts, I believe two shootouts in Carolina. And then they lost tough ones at home to Caroline. Then to go into Detroit after playing real well last week to totally, totally piss it away was mind-boggling to me. Mind-boggling. And then to have the score not get to play. I, when, I, what do you do when you've got a guy that is in a funk like this guy's in? I know he was minus two, and I know he's given up some goals because of defensive. Don't you – don't you double shift them? Don't you put them on no. left wing and put them on right wing? No, and, you know what you do. You don't. you don't. You don't double shift them. You double down on who you are and what you're all about. And Tortorella, his bread and butter as a coach, is holding people accountable, and he will never let that go. And even if it embarrasses Yarmo, his general manager, he is holding on to that. And I really believe at this point, Mac, that he is coaching in many ways for his next job. And he will sell his accountability right to the bitter end with Columbus. And the beauty of it is the more he pushes this accountability and and playing line A 12 or 14 minutes, the more he probably intrigues other teams who are so desperate for it right now, and I include the Pagulas in Buffalo. Maybe, mm-hmm. just maybe, the more he watches, the more the Buffalo Sabres organization and the Pagulas watch Tortorella hold people accountable, the more they say, we need some of that in Buffalo. Just a thought. What do you think? Um. He's going no. to hold Eichel accountable. Yes. Yeah. And Skinner. Yeah. And, and, and Darlene. And, you know, I mean, look, that, I don't know. I, I, you know, look, Tortorella to me has done a good coaching job. He has. For me, it's time for him to go. I mean, I think, look, he, he's, he's done a good job there. I, I, I don't think he'll be fired. I think at the end of the year, they'll part ways. I think they'll part ways at the end of the year. I don't. I don't see Kekalainen and firing them. I think Torch will say, "Okay, my, my contract's expired. I'm going to move on." I, I think that's what'll happen. I, I think there's respect there on both disagree. sides. What? I don't I think disagree. There's respect on both sides, and I we can, you know, yeah. I, I look. There's there's different ways to get guys out of slumps, and. Ice time is not just the only way. Sometimes you've got to be a little more proactive and try to push it. Play him with the 
top line, give them extra, you know, try, double shift them, do some of those things. This was, these were wins. These were winnable games against the Detroit Red Wings that you lost. They were empty net goals in the games. Those were two wins you were counting on to make the playoffs. Accountability is, is I agree with you 100% on accountability, but don't mix up accountability and stupidity in the same sentence when you've got to win two games against the worst team in the second worst team in the league. That's all I'm saying. I Nobody, nobody yeah. will ever question Tortorella's yeah. making players accountable. But can't you sometimes push the envelope to try to get a win? I have no doubt that there will be a team waiting for Tortorella just as the New York Islanders were waiting for Barry Trotz to, to leave Washington. And probably the most underpaid coach with a Stanley Cup resume than, than anybody else out there. Tortorella wants another payday and one that'll put him up there with the big boys. I, okay, I think so, that's, uh, that's where he's headed. So if, if you're a general manager and you're looking for a coach, you're going to say, tell me who you're hiring. Tortorella, Boudreaux, Travis Green, Gerard Gallant. Yeah, those are good choices. I, yeah, I think who, I think there's who, some good choices you, there. Who are you? You're you're going to say, okay, I'll uh, I'm going to make a, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go with Torts. I had a Travis Green, Gerard Gallant, Bruce Boudreaux. Yeah, I, I it's hard. It's a it's a hard blanket question when you don't know what type of uh, character you have in the room and who could handle it and who yeah who who buckles who yeah. who rolls it up and, and look uh, I, all all four of them have done a lot in their careers you know they all have done they're all quality people obviously you know who i i mean i love Gerard Gallant i had him in columbus i had to fire him still pisses me off to this day that i was told to fire him but you know uh, he's proven he's a pretty good coach Travis Green's done a good job. I think I, I like that style of coach. I love the Gerard Gallant, the Travis Green style of coach. Well, that's just call it the way you see it. That's what that is. Yeah. I just honesty. don't know. Honesty, no bullshit. I know. And good hockey people. But again, Mac, it goes to. Knowing, I don't need the drama. I don't need the drama. But it, it, it goes to now knowing what type of players you have and, and how you forecast the response and I'll give you a perfect example of that. And we talked about this when we first heard about Daryl Sutter in Calgary, it's <laughs> Sutter versus Johnny hockey. Goodrow. And I told you this, this could be pay-per-view stuff and it hasn't disappointed. I E the example of Daryl Sutter asked about, Johnny Gaudreau and his 500th career game in Calgary. And what was the answer from Daryl Sutter? Mac, tell us. I hope he has more energy in his 500th game than he did in his 499th game. Wow. <laughs> That's it. 
But then Johnny stone said, face when he said it. Stone face. Then Johnny said, I've been playing hockey for 24, 25 years. I know when I've played well and when I haven't played well. This is three years. Daryl's there for three years, a three-year contract. So if a guy like Daryl Sutter, with his experience and his expertise over the years and his credibility and his respect factor, all of that, when Johnny looks at him like he's got three heads and he doesn't really give a shit about what he thinks about his energy, how, how does that work moving forward? Well, you're the guy that wants to hire Tortorella, so you tell me. Well, that's, again, knowing what you're dealing with here. So <laughs> it kind of takes the cards out of the coach's hands when, when I, I don't give a shit what you think comes into play. <laughs> and that's a, is that not what we saw in Calgary? 100%. And I, I'm, not, I'm not even really justifying it in 2021 Daryl Sutter's comments, Mac, because for me, if I'm the owner of Calgary or even Brad Tree Living, Daryl, we love you, but, and it's, it's funny. It's a funny comment, and anyone that's outside of this organization is laughing at it. Except but Johnny I, Goudreau. Or me, if I'm Brad Tree Living. No. How is that comment helping me? And how is that comment helping the Calgary Flames when he's one of our best assets? You know, one of the greatest traits of NHL coaches is honesty. Telling it to the player the way it is. Tortorella is respected because he does that. Gerard Galant is respected. Travis Green. There's a Daryl Sutter. There's a number of these guys that are well respected because that's how they operate. Lindy Ruff, Barry Trotz. We can go on and on. But there's a way to say it and there's a time to say it. And if you're going to say that to Johnny Goudreau, I suspect it's probably better to say it to Johnny's face in, in your office. And Daryl would. Daryl would, but I don't know. I just no. You're right. That, I that love Daryl Sutter. I love Daryl Sutter, but I like him too. I do. But I'll tell you what. I I thought I didn't like the comment. It just doesn't Other work games. anymore, Mac. No, Daryl. Ten years ago, fifteen years ago, you could have said that publicly, and the guy would have just, just. It would have ate him up inside until he could prove you otherwise on the ice. That's the way it's supposed to work. In Daryl's mind is, I hope he gets the message through my comments publicly. Yeah. But it doesn't work with some of these kids today, and well, Johnny just hey, proved it. Johnny you, didn't buckle. He didn't say, I need to be better. He went the opposite. He basically gave Daryl Sutter... Fuck you. And he also went out and scored or had a couple of points and they won the game against Winnipeg and he played, played well. But you also, you know, I mean, you, you're, 
your reputation now is 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 a organizational fixer, you know, because that's what you do on this show. I mean, you did clips last week on Carter Hart. Carter Hart, you know, you said he should go to the minors. I said he should take a few days off away and work with the goalie coach and work. Today, it's announced that Carter Hart is taking, is going to be a healthy scratch the next two games. And I thought, oh, he's going to the minors like Kippy suggested? No, no, he's going to spend two or three days working with the goalie coach. And, um, you know, so you were halfway. Well, listen, and Elaine did not spare feelings for Carter Hart on this one either. He basically called him out. While we're in the coaches, he gave Carter Hart a few shots. He did. My, and... You know, this is supposed to be your 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 number one guy this year, and it it's fallen no, off no, the rails. No, no, this questioning, is a franchise player. He questioned his focus. He questioned his work habits. Right. He made it really clear about his practice habits. All of it, Mac. That's that. When you see players struggle, there could be a number of reasons, but saying you're not working hard enough or you're lazy or your practice habits stink. Wow. You don't hear that very often. So, you know, you're, as I said, you're the, you're the organizational fixer here. Well, I don't know about that. Well, you've, you've given a lot of good tips. This is just me and you shooting the shit. That's all. We're just, by the way, by the way, we (laughs) should brainstorm. We we forgot to bring this up when we're talking about Montreal, but we should bring up, the Cole Caulfield uh, uh, signing, the Montreal Canadiens signed the superstar kid out of University of Wisconsin, one of the greatest scorers U.S. college history. Uh, he moves to Montreal. Um, some people say he may start in Laval. Uh, he signs his cap deal and is ready to score. I mean, this kid can score. This, ki- this kid okay, is a hell of a player. Listen, I can appreciate every hype out of every kid coming out of junior hockey or, or college. But again, expectations, how many games will he get in? Does he, uh, I heard Bergevin talking about Ovechkin like goals and yeah, it, it looks great, Mac, but the kid is not the biggest or the strongest kid out there. I have to go back to the Leafs putting Nick Robertson out there one of the top junior goal scorers, and he gets crushed in his first game, and he's out for the next four to six weeks. Sticking a kid out there that weighs a buck sixty, buck sixty-five amongst men, weigh about two twenty-five, two forty. You got to be careful here. I remember, I remember uh, the night we were on Hockey Central, and it was Johnny Goudreau's first game. Uh, for the Calgary Flames, and uh, you and Glenn Healy did a mock-up showing Sedena Chera and Johnny Goudreau on the same screen, and Chera was exactly twice as big as Johnny Goudreau. And I said, be careful what you say, boys. This guy is going to be a hell of a player. He's going to have a hell of a career. So I'm just warning you now again. Too bad Healy's not on with you, your buddy. be careful what you say. Cole Caulfield's the real deal. I, I, I'm not. 
I'm not saying that he won't be <laughs> yes, great. You just, no, I yes, did you not. Did. You almost did, did. I'm just telling you that sometimes <laughs> it takes a little bit of time. Lafreniere, Jack Hughes, takes time sometimes. But this, kid, this kid's a little. This kid's a little older. Well, you know, I mean, he has what's he a junior at Wisconsin? Anyway, we'll see. But it's a good. Uh, it's good. All right. Move again. So you, no. you, you, he's going to score right away, according to you. Well, could be lightning in a bottle. I'm not. I'm I not saying it's that, not. I I'm not saying that, it's not. I'm just saying the odds aren't really. Uh, I'm telling you that with them early. That I think the difference in the Montreal Canadiens is be Mark Stahl centering Cole Caulfield. No, Eric, get your stalls straight. For Eric, Eric, Jesus. Stahl. Did you screw Eric, up all the Sutters too? Did, did you? Oh, I thought they got Mark too from Detroit. I thought they got Mark. <laughs> oh my God! Are, were you one of those guys that could never set, uh, you know, Brent or Brett or Dwayne, Daryl? Did you screw them all up back then too? But I loved what uh, we we got a chance to work with Richie Sutter and at Sportsnet, and I love what. Uh, what Daryl said about like you're you're not you're not he doesn't just rip his players. They said they said hey I ran into Richie the other night. I said oh did you get a chance to say anything other than the low because Richie can talk with the best of them. <laughs> <laughs> I love Richie. Love them all. <laughs> love yes, them all. Sure. That's for sure. Okay, so let's are we going to stay in the central a little bit and talk about how David Poyle's saving his job? Well, they're playing awful well right now. That is for sure. They Nashville, are playing some good hockey. Seven and one and, in the last and eight Dallas, games. And, and Dallas can't – I mean, look, what is going – I know Dallas are hurting, but what the hell? With that blue line and that group, how how is Dallas so bad? And Nashville were so bad, and now they're getting it going. I mean, what the hell? I can't believe this. With, I mean, in fairness, what they outshoot Florida twenty-nine to seven after Ekblad got hurt last night. But hey, Dallas, Dallas and Nashville. David Poyle saving his job, and Dallas Stanley Cup finalists could miss. So we just discussed Columbus being in a tough predicament in terms of now or the future. David Poyle, same thing, Mac. There are some talks of whether or not they want to go long-term with David Poyle if they need a reset or a rebuild. But if you're David Poyle, it's pretty clear you, you're you going to want to make the playoffs right now to try to save your job. Well, like, I don't understand the value. Like, Ekholm's the name that we keep hearing, and Ellis is the name. And, I mean, they're good players. They're under contract. Yeah, you're going to get a high, you know, you're going to get some good prospects and picks for them. But I don't blame David Poyle for trying to make the playoffs. They believe they have a good hockey team. They believe they could go into the playoffs and they can beat some of these top teams if they're hitting on all cylinders. I mean, I, I mean, I think David's crazy to trade at Comer. I mean, I, 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 look, Shea Weber trade goes down and the Jones trade. Don't do any more right now, David. Don't do any more. Those are horrendous trades. And David's made some good ones, a ton of them in his career. He's been around forever and he's done a good, usually a pretty good job. But 
it's not pretty right now. And trading Ekholm and Ellis is not the answer to turning this franchise around. Yeah, the sense opinion. is more Ellis maybe than Ekholm right now. Uh, but and what's he got? Six years left on his deal. I don't think it's that many. We'll take a look. Yeah. Have our crack uh, um, staff look that up for us. Is Joe gone on coffee break or is he Jordan? I should uh, say, is he on coffee what, what break? What are you looking for? Here, I'm here. I'm, come on. Come on. Uh, cap friendly. Are, was it at home you were, you were asking? No, Ellis. Ellis. Oh, Ellis. What's his first name? I, Ryan. Ryan Ellis. I think he has six years left on his deal, but we can check it out. It's no big panic. No big panic, Jordan. Okay. I'm let's, here. Let's, let's, oh, I know uh, you're there, but. Jordan, you can busy. look that up. In the meantime, uh, Mac, you know, we, we go back and we talk about Eric Ek Ekblad in, in Florida, and there was a, a lot of eyes rolling when he signed his $60 million contract about too much too soon, and it was probably hard for him mentally kind of wrap around the expectations that come with that contract. But in this last year, man, he really settled in and found his spot, his sweet spot on this team. It was, it was disheartening to see him go down on the weekend. Well, you know, I, I think, I think he's got 11 goals. Um, he's been, he's been a horse defensively for them. I mean, I, in fairness to Ekblad, you go into Florida, it hasn't been the, the greatest place to be the last number of years. It's been up and down, ownership changes, everything else going on, no success, coaches being fired. And he, as a kid, but look, he's been he's been spectacular. And Quenville talked about it this morning. This is a monumental loss for them right now as they head into the playoffs. And it looked serious. It looks like it's long, long, long term. Nobody really knows, but it certainly looks like long-term. This is a tough kid that's played really hard and has played really well at both ends of the rink. So, yeah, I mean, the players, you heard you heard the players talking about it. They were going in between periods and just, just wanted to give them a hug. And when do you hear that? Guys wanted to go in. The, it was a room off the dressing room where he was waiting to go to the hospital, and they're saying, hey, we just wanted to go in and, and give him a hug. That's what they think of this guy, you know? So big, big loss. Uyghur, Yendel, uh, Nudevera, they're going to have to add somebody here. I well, got to think Bill Zito has to now. I don't know even if David Savard's the right guy, or maybe you need somebody that can kind of carry the mail a little bit more than a Savard. Well, I mean, they've got, there's a relationship, obviously, as Bill Zito and, and Kekalainen. I mean, they worked together for a long time. Um, so do they make a deal? Like that's what I said. To me, Florida's one of four teams that have got to be in on Savard right now. And who knows? Uh, but, you know, Florida need desperately to have a run here. They desperately need to have a run in the playoffs with, with where they are. I mean, the kid, the backup goalie has been terrific when he's called on again. Uh, he was, he's been excellent. He's, he's spelled Bobrovsky off. He's given them a great yeah. opportunity. Dreger, whatever his name is. Dreger. Uh, and he, he's been outstanding. So right now they're poised. You would not want to play this team in the first round of the playoffs. So, and they, to get the franchise back, to get the fans back, you can talk all you want about Barkov being there and Huberto. They got to win. They got to go a few yeah. rounds in the playoffs and get some energy back in the franchise. Well, because they got to get Barkov back. They got to get Barkov back. 
Uh, Hornquist is battling a little bit. So he's out. He was out. Yeah. Both came out last night. Yep. Key guys out Key of the guys. lineup. Yeah. So let's see if they can get healthy. Yeah. All right. How about your Boston Bruins, Mac? Hey, Kipper, uh, real quick. Ace producer here to make Mac happy. Uh, Ryan Ellis, yes. six years, 6.25 left oh. until uh, 2026, 27. It's almost as if you did your home- homework, Mac, and you knew that. You just didn't yeah. know it well enough to say it, but that's. Oh, no, I said it. Here. I said, I believe it's six years that he has left, didn't I, Jordan? You did. Okay. And, no, and you were correct, not. per usual. Okay. I know okay. it doesn't matter if I'm correct or not. As long as I'm in the ballpark is all I've ever been. <laughs> if you're in the ballpark, if you're close, whether it's a pronunciation, whether it's stats, as long as you're in the ballpark. Okay? There you go. Some of these names, man. <laughs> like I, I last year oh, I was I roasting you for the Shesterkin controversy, but I, I have no idea what's going on on half of these. Oh, it's oh, like all right. Let's okay. We. We, you want to go Shesterkin, Mac? You want to talk a little bit goaltending with Kincaid now getting himself in there and Gorgiev all of a sudden the odd man out I, in New York? You want to go so, there? I am so excited that Kincaid is the goalie in New York right now. That's all, right. all I can say because so you're good I don't have it. to worry about pronouncing the name. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then let's stay in the East and go to your Boston Bruins Uh Interesting listening to Jack Edwards call out the officials. No surprise there. I mean, first and foremost, this isn't about whether you're not like Jack Edwards or not, but how do you miss that tripping call on Krejci to take the Boston Bruins five on three against New Jersey? It was a makeup call. (laughs) (laughs) So here's Jack Edwards goes ballistic. Well, listen, the Boston Bruins have got a lot of their top guys out of their lineup. They got Corrali out. They've got Marchand out. They've got Debrusco. You notice who I said first. They've got some key guys out of their lineup. And and they're on a power play. They're trailing New Jersey one nothing. They're fighting for their playoff lives. And that was as obvious a trip as you can see. And there's no call. And Jack basically says, well, because they're on the power play. They're not going to call and put them down five on three. That's just the way refereeing is. You know what I say to it? Which you've said many times. He wasn't wrong in what he said. Well, it's not the first missed call we've ever seen in the history of our game. Oh, it happens all the time. And, you know, Jack just gets a – Jack – Oh, my God, does he drive opposition people crazy the way he talks. He's such a homer, and it's, he's such – He's paid he's, by I, the whole team. Was, I thought Rimmer was Not a hard homer. To this, guy out. Taken, this, is, this guy has taken Rimmer to a whole new level. Uh, so, anyway um, – Bruins fans love him. I know they do, and I don't blame them. I don't blame <laughs> them. I, but, oh, my God, he pisses a lot of people off. But, anyway, the league – not sure what the league think of Jack. Well, I I, 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 in I a perfect I world, I think they'd want all their uh, broadcasters or play-by-play men to just to call the game. <laughs> no, listen. This is what an official league official told me when I was president and GM. When they were referring to the your local team broadcast, boys. Make sure your broadcasters understand 
that the game is a three-hour infomercial. <laughs> yeah. So I remember telling Rimmer and uh, whoever was the uh, TV guy at the time, uh, whether it was D- Danny Gare or who, I said, boys, Didn't you have Conroy I, know there? You're prof- Conroy? I know you're professional broadcasters. I get your professional broadcasters. But remember, this is a three-hour infomercial for the team. That's Sell right. tickets. Don't rip us too bad, you know. That's right. And you know the real Kipper uh, show is a th- an hour infomercial. I'm not sure yeah. what we're selling, but oh. it's something. <laughs> little Buddhas. How's that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Little Buddhas. Totally. Okay. okay. Did, we, ex- did we exhaust everything for you? I think we've done everything. That we're I okay. Anything else we've missed is let me just check no. my research here. If there's anything I missed, you okay? Not ripping the Leafs uh, today. They're good. They won. I, I was pleased with oh, okay. the. I mean, right. Jack Campbell like giving them a I, shot. You know, again, Jack Campbell lets the one in five hole goal in. That happens. I mean, if if uh, Anderson does that, I mean, they got him out on Bay and you know Young. Uh, Michael but, Hutchinson Mac goes tonight against Edmonton. Uh, they won't come back with Jack Eichel. Apparently, he's not a hundred percent healthy. A- Anderson's Jack, not a hundred percent healthy. Jack, Jack Campbell, not Jack Eichel. Oh, did I say Eichel? Yeah, because you, John Shannon, John Clan- when you made that mistake, John Shannon will clip that and send it to me. What is Kippy yeah, yeah, saying? Yeah. You know how yeah, he yeah. cracked. Okay, yeah. Jack, Jack, Jack Campbell. We'll just call him Jack. Mm-hmm. Is not a hundred percent, according to Sheldon Keefe. All wow. of a sudden, you, you've got what twenty games left in the season, and your goalies are battling here. Mm-hmm. And Campbell made a couple big, big saves late in that game. You know, he he, re- you know, he 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 did play well again. I mean, I didn't like the five hole goal, but overall, I thought he played real well. But yeah, health is a lingering concern, just as it is when we, you know, get you out of bed in the morning for this show. You know, and get you health. prepped for noon. Health. Health. Health is not an issue. That's been All tough. Right. I've had the kids here for four or five days, and it's been a lot of eating, like a lot of eating. You know, it's just been, you know, a little bit of a vacation time here. So we're trying to get, I got to get back. Now the kids will go back in the next couple of days. I get back right. to my training, you know. All right. Well, we appreciate the effort today. It's good stuff today. Thanks That's for having me. Hey, don't forget a promo on Millard Wednesday. Next show. Darren Millard, the reunion, the Hockey Central reunion coming up on our next show on Wednesday. Jordan, you excited? I am excited. I'm also excited to hit uh, our channel's milestone of 10,000 subscribers coming up. Would really love to hit that by the trade deadline. I don't don't know if that's a uh, too... uh, I think it's achievable. Yeah, achievable. We could dream. We could do it. We got to work a little harder. Like we have to pick up Carter Hart's new work ethic after this two or three day break, you know? So what we need to do is have everybody out there watching right now tell two friends. Sure. So they can tell two friends and chain letters. Just like out, that. Let's send out chain letters. Yeah. Tell tell chain everybody letters. that their mom will have ten years of bad luck if they don't subscribe. Oh to my, my gosh! And oh my god! Movement. No, we're not like that. Don't we say said that, Jordan. Good energy. Nothing but good energy here on the Real Kipper at noon. Nothing show. but positive energy. Positive energy, Kip. All That's right, Max. We got it today. We're at, we're at 9.4 um, 
subscribers. That's 9,400, correct, Jordan? Is that where we're at? Yes, sir. 600 to go. So Last we week, we got a bunch. And uh, hopefully, as we lead up to the trade deadline, that will continue. As uh, we get past this week after the Millard episode, we'll start diving a lot deeper into trade stuff. So really excited for that as well. Ooh, good one. Another score on the table soon here, Mac, uh, is uh, Hoffman in St. Louis. Healthy scratch. Healthy scratch. Not not by any means a, a, a fan of uh, Craig Berube's. So if you're looking for scoring like the Boston Bruins, all of a sudden Hoffman becomes available. We'll keep everybody informed you. on that one for your Bruins. Mm -hmm. All yeah, right, Mac, we're going to let you go, pal. Thanks, man. Thanks for a great Monday. Great start to the week here. Jordan and Joe, thank you very much for all of you. Like I said, first time watchers, subscribe. Keep the comments coming. I hope everybody enjoyed today's show. And we'll see you Wednesday with Darren Millard.